It was affiliate really, deals. Yeah. Is that like American Confederated products? Essentially, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Born to Watch, where three old mates, an ex-video shop owner, an industry insider, and a black belt in 80s kung fu movies, put their mastery to the test on movies that change the world. Hey there, fellow watchers. It's that time of the week again. It's Born to Watch time, and we are live from the panic room. My name is Whitey, and I'm one of the hosts of this amazing podcast. Our 2022 Christmas celebration starts this week with our left-field Christmas movies. The 2002 movie, Catch Me If You Can. And it's actually quite incredible to believe that this is the first Steven Spielberg movie that we have covered. Now, let's meet the team. (laughs) Sitting opposite me in the panic room, as always, is my loyal number two and co-host of Born to Watch, Gow. How are you, mate? Very good. Good evening, Whitey. Good evening, Morgs. Happy to be back. Good week this week. It's been busy. I'll tell you what, I'm the second mouse. Oh. I'm the second mouse this week, but I'm still in the bucket. Yeah. I haven't I haven't I, turned into Buddy yet. I think I'm you're still one, making the cream. I think you're mouse one and a half. <laughs> I'm one and a half. I think you're Bob. You're Bob the mouse. I'm not quite the second mouse yet. Yeah, okay. Right. But uh, yeah, looking forward to this week at... Uh, Good movie, long movie. Long yeah, well, movie I, I think, yeah, Two hours I, 20. I agree. I agree. I think we'll get to that. Uh, and up there on the land, the man with a plan, our own verbal Kent. Dan, how are you, mate? Yeah, I was the other mouse. So I couldn't be fucked. <laughs> you were the third mouse. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, big week on the land. Big week on the land, boys. Uh, M Head, all praise to M Head. He finished the construction phase of the new ranch so the uh the new dutton farm is operational we don't have to cook in the fucking laundry anymore so uh yeah amazing i can focus now working the land and, and really kicking off my poultry empire uh, i've had uncle nag nag and and mark up here as well so they've been eating the entertaining the kids so i can get stuck into the farm life and uh, also got back into the surf this week Back um, in the water. Wow. Yeah, back in the water, which is good. My leg has, uh, it's still a bit shit with that DVT malarkey, but it was good enough to get wet down at Sunshine Beach, which is good. So um, I, I also took some time out to troll the Born to Watch Instagram with my first post on social media in six years. So uh, do you want to let them know what happened to that post, Whitey? Yeah, look, it got soundly and quickly deleted. My theory, and I'd love to hear from the the super fans of Born to Watch, is it okay for one of the hosts of the show to troll his own podcast? Now, let me just throw it out there. And half of the post, I think, was quite admirable. Yeah, for sure. Let's do a solo pod without Gow and Whitey. I'm all for that. It would be fucking amazing to see that happen. I can't wait, right? Two, you cannot say this podcast sucks balls. You just can't. One of the co-hosts cannot say that this podcast sucks balls. I'd love to hear from everyone out there about what they think. It was meta. I was being meta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, meta. That's what you were being. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I threw it out there that I was up for doing the solo fast times at Ridgemont Pie, Ridgemont High, not Ridgemont Pie. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There's podcast. a good insight. Had a few single fins. <laughs> there, shout out to the sponsors, Gage Rose Breweries. Well done. 
but yeah, I, I look, I disagree. I think I should be allowed to troll us. Uh, and I thought I was pretty tame with what I posted and to have it deleted by the dictator that calls us co-host sometimes when he remembers and actually introduces us on the podcast after 12 <laughs> minutes last week. Uh, well, I think we're, there, there could be some consternation from the fellow F-wits out there. So yeah, let us know via all the social blah, blah, blahs, uh, what you think. But I think I should be allowed to troll us as much as I please. Freedom of speech, Morgs. It's all about freedom Absolutely. of speech, isn't it? Yeah, look, uh, we're going to work as a team and we're going to do it yeah. my way. Freedom okay, of speech, just, remember that. just watch what you say. Yeah, get in line. Look, I was first introduced to Catch Me If You Can by a great fan of the podcast, Plims. And it was actually, he recommended the book. Now, Plims reads or has read about seven books in his lifetime, and this happens to be one of them. So when he tipped me into it, I was onto it fairly quickly. So... I had read the book before seeing the movie. So when it was announced that Spielberg was going to do the movie, he was directing it. It was starring DiCaprio and Hanks. I was all in. Now, do we remember when we saw this movie? Gow, when did you see this movie the first time? I've seen this movie once before and it was not long after it came out. Yeah, okay. Did I watch it with you? Well, well, That's 20 years ago. Yeah, it's a long time, man. I, I, don't, I can't tell you. It's 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Okay. Part of the podcast is for us to think about when we saw this movie. Yeah. Okay. My answer every week is I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I and that's when you tell me when I did. Yeah, I know. Well, this one, yes, we did see this one. Morgs, what about you? Do you remember? I was going to ask Uncle Nagnar because he was able to remember that when I saw Ghostbusters with Richard Fenton and him back in 1985. So, uh, but no, king. he didn't know because it was 2002. I'm not the King Sloan Nixon is the undisputed king. Um, no, don't know when I saw it. Okay, well, that, that makes it interesting. Look, I saw this, obviously, I saw this when it came out of the movies, as usual. I actually can't remember whether we saw this together. 2002, I'm tipping, were you guys still travelling in 2002? No, we were back. You were yeah, back? We, okay. We were back. Back in 2001? Did we get back in 2001? I think we did. Yep, 2001. Can't remember, it was so long, so long on the road. We, we, we did that last Life week. on the road. <laughs> We did the last stit in, in Indo, finding ourselves before we uh, we came back to Australia uh, in 2001. That's correct, Matt Gowan. What a travel it was. Five years, a couple of best mates on the road exploring different <laughs> cultures. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. so the overs and unders. So the overs and unders for Catch Me If You Can. Whilst we just interrupt Dan there after he's, uh, you know, he's remembering when he started his script for his version of The Beach and it was called The Pond, and it was fucking terrible. But the overs and unders for this movie. Now, Gow's, I love you, Gow. So it's two. Two. Two for Gow. Yeah. I, I've set this It was at, one yesterday. <laughs> it was one <laughs> two yesterday. Okay, excellent, excellent. So may, maybe from now on, maybe from now on over and under shouldn't include the time that we watched it for research for the podcast. But anyway. No, I watch it fresh, so it's fresh in my mind. Yeah, yeah you're the fresh. You are fresh. So, Dan, what about you? I've got, I've set it at 15 here. I've got a feeling we're all going to be under, but anyway. Yeah, under. I was going to say 10 max, and that would be, yeah, max. Yeah, I look, I think I'm hovering around sort of 10, maybe 12. Uh, it definitely hasn't been uh, one that I have watched for a long time. I think probably the last time I watched this was when I had the video shop. And before that, I watched it a few times when it came out, as I usually do. Did you discuss it with Phelpsy over the counter at uh, that new video shop in Evelyn? Well, I, I didn't actually. Uh, we, we usually discuss some of the stuff that he was doing, uh, directing Summer Bay or Home and Away at that stage and you know, reliving some of his uh, greater 
Greater accomplishments, Water Rats, one of Gow's favourites. One of the best. Oh, yeah. He can't go past Baywatch. I mean, that, that was that was Pete Baywatch, That was Pete Phelpsy. And having just watched it recently, he uh he deserved every accolade he got. Pete Phelpsy was in fire. <laughs> what a cracking Aussie drama. Yeah. You're the king. You're the king of Aussie dramas. We do over and unders of Aussie dramas. You're gonna yeah. just bring that. Kill it. Kill it. Okay, let's listen to the trailer. Welcome to Miami Mutual Bank. How may I help you? I'd like to cash this check here and then I'd like to take you out for a steak dinner. <laughs> Are you a realized pilot? I sure am, little lady. The jump seat is open. It's been a while since I've done this. Which one's the jump seat again? Dr. Connors to the ER. Dr. Connors to the ER. This is irrefutable evidence that the defendant is lying. <laughs> Special Agent Hanratty, FBI. Hello, Carl. You're gonna get caught. It's like Vegas. The house always wins. Some nuts flying around the country posing as a pilot. Call him the James Bond of the sky. Hello, pussy. This is by far the best date I have ever been on. He's a kid. That's why he doesn't have a record. President Jurassic Codeine every four hours. Do you concur? I concur. Dr. Harris. Yes? Do you concur? Concur with what, sir? <laughs> Ma'am, I'm sorry to have to tell you, you said it's five checks. I have a payroll check here I'd like to cash. I'm working part-time at the church now. Just tell me how much yours and I'll pay you back. $1.3 million. I've been choosing eight young ladies to be a part of Pan's future stewardess program. South America, Australia, Singapore. These are so perfect, the bank doesn't even know the difference. What do you want? To apologize. You didn't call to apologize, did you? You have no one else to call. I'm looking for your son. I would never give up my son. If you were a father, you'd know. Stop chasing me. I can't stop. It's my job. You see these people staring at you? They keep peeking over their shoulders, wondering, where are you going tonight? Where are you going, Frank? Don't tell me not to fly. I've simply got to. If someone takes a spill, it's me and not you. Don't bring around a cloud of terrain on my parade. Sir, we're going to let him get away. No, Carl, you let him get away. Nobody had a better parade I'm getting close, huh? You will go to prison. You're going to have to catch me. Another cracking trailer there for Catch Me If You Can. Now, Gao, why don't you tell us about the movie? Here we go. Not one of the great synopsis on the back of the cover here, but here we go. We've had a couple of good ones of late, though. Yeah, we have. We have. This does not aim up. Well, you tell me. Yep. The tagline, the true story of a real fake. Frank didn't go to flight school. Frank didn't go to medical school. Frank didn't go to law school because Frank's still in high school. Inspired by the extraordinary true story of a brilliant young master of deception and the FBI agent hot on his trail, Catch Me If You Can stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. From Steven Spielberg, Catch Me If You Can follows Frank W. Abagnale Jr. as he successfully passed himself off as a pilot, a lawyer, and a doctor, all before his 21st birthday. Yeah, it sort of just tells us it, it is, Very factual. Yeah. Very factual. I, I would have much preferred to said it tells the story of Frank Abagnale. Not Abagnale. Oh, not Abagnale. Not Abagnale. Not Abagnale, yes. That would have been better, but it probably wouldn't have worked in, in reading it, would it? Okay. Uh, now, the movie rates really well, surprisingly. It's a Spielberg Masterpiece again. 
IMDb has this one at 8.1 out of 10. And again, this Rotten Tomatoes rating, we're just crushing it. Certified fresh at 96% on the tomato meter and an 89% audience score. Wow. So it's right up there. It's right up there. Thoughts? Do people really think this is a, a true masterpiece? Yeah, well, in terms, I think in terms of a piece of cinema, it's pretty special. I'm sure that Dan's going to touch on that later. The story's interesting. It, the, the movie's too long, there's no doubt. But I Way think long. It, it is a it is a immense cinematic piece of art. Thoughts, Dan? Yeah, I, so I, I, I was like you. I hadn't really watched it in, in quite some time and looking at it a bit more critically this time, definitely too long was what struck me the most. But I think the, the standout for me was just the world building and the, and taking us back and, the, and the, the production design and the costume design. And uh, it, it's something I look at in film school for athletes this week because it wasn't nominated for any awards for either costume design or production design, which I think was a travesty. And um, there was certainly some stiff competition, but I thought I'd take Huge a competition. Yeah. Huge competition. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of a, it's an academy... It's an award, especially with the Academy Awards, that often gives uh, a, a, a film that prob- maybe wasn't as mainstream a chance to feature in the in the awards. And I, I think that's what happens quite a bit. And maybe that's what took Spielberg out of the reckoning for this one. But uh, for me, just the, the watching the amazing uh, production design, you just there wasn't a foot wrong in it at all. Like you felt like you were a part of uh, of that time frame and. Apparently, Leo had 150-odd costume changes throughout. I didn't count them, but it was mm. everything <laughs> he was running was uh, was spectacular. But, um, yeah, I don't know if you looked into shoot days, but only 50-odd, 52, I think it was, shoot days. So normally you, you're shooting a lot of that in a soundstage, like at Pinewood Studios in the UK or, or one of the bigger ones for a big production like this. But they did they did a lot of this on location, and there were over 150 locations. Yeah, 152 locations. Mm. Heavy, so yeah, uh, yeah that, that's what really stood out for me on this watch was just how how amazing it looked, how the how great the costumes were, and how great the production design was. But uh, yeah, and they were really good. But what about the actual movie? What did you think of it itself? Like, do you think it was good? I, I thought it was a bit slow. You know, we don't want to give we don't want to give too much away are about we, that. But are, look, we yeah, the, look, are we doing the rank bank already? Oh. <laughs> That'd be a short pod this week. Really interesting your thoughts, Morgs. That's why. Well, I try, I try to I string out my thoughts over the length of the podcast. Otherwise, it's only like one of Whitey's 15-second reviews he does on YouTube when he lets himself out. And, and I'm sure we're going to um, – and, Gail, I know you're probably going to touch on um, – <laughs> that was fucking rough, Dan. That was rough. I missed that. What did he say? Oh, he's you – know, this is staying in the podcast, right? This is, this is what it. What did he say? This is the line in the sand, right? He's just said – He's ripping into me about the uh, YouTube 15-second reviews where I just lick myself out, right? So it's called marketing, Daniel. It's called marketing. Mm, Fucking hell. (laughs) There's a scathing tongue that's coming from the Sunshine Coast of like... No, 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 no. Scathing, scathing tongue. We should just be creatively, we should be able to express ourselves how we want. Yours is... Doing videos of yourself and mine is I, dropping, I, dropping I, calls on Instagram. Like I it's would, just... I'm happy to involve you guys in anything that you want. Oh to be no, no, no! I'm, I'm happy with the route so, that you've chosen. Yeah, which oh, is the, the lanes. Uh, it'd be. It, I'd like to just r- visit the routes at some stage and go over the go over the routes. But anyway, look, 
I'm sure we're going to touch on Spielberg Gow as we get to the directors next, but uh, he's on he's on a serious tear for about 20 years, Spielberg. Oh, do you want to go through? Like, we will, oh, we'll get there. We'll get okay. there. Uh, I, I went through it. Just I went through let's, his you know back what? catalog and far out. Let's start with Spielberg because okay. we're going to get we're going to move into the into the stars and stuff now. So let's start with who is ultimately the star of this movie, who is the director and Steven oh, hold, hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Going off early there, that's premature. No, no, no. I'm movie. not saying, no, no, no. It, this movie isn't what it is without him. I'm not saying he's my star of the show, but. No, look, okay, well, let's go, because I was reading through this. This is this is just just an absolute cavalcade of movies. Started off with the Sugarland Express in 74. Yep. Jaws 75. Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 77. Raiders of the Lost Ark, 81. E.T., 82. Temple of Doom, 84. The Color Purple, 85. Flimsy's Life Story. Empire of the Sun, 87. Um, Last Crusade, 89. That's um, Hook, 91. Jurassic Park, 93. Schindler's List, 93 for Best Director. Got his first uh, Academy Award. The Lost World. Jurassic Park, The Lost World, 97. Armistad, Saving Private Ryan, 1988. Another best director, two years in a row. AI, Artificial Intelligence, Minority Report in the early 2000s. Then Catch Me If You Can, The Terminal, War of the Worlds, 2005. Munich, Lincoln, The BFG, Ready Player One in 2018. And last movie up is West Side Story in 2021. Yeah, And he's got one which just comes out uh, yes. early next year called The Fablemans, which the is Fablemans, essentially yeah. autobiography of... Uh, uh, about his life. Yeah. Uh, look, that is, that is a huge. Oh, it's massive. It's ma- now, so Dan, and this, I'm like... going to go to the industry expert here. Is he the greatest director of our generation? Steven Spielberg. Uh, look uh, for the, just the, the, the breadth of films that he has delivered. It would be hard to argue like it, it just a plethora of films that run from mid seventies through yeah to the, the early 90s and even into the noughties was just, a, a, how could you surpass that? Like, yeah, just an incredible film. Lately, I mean, Ready Player One was a heap of shit. Um, there's been, he's, he's had quite a few misses over the time, but when he hits his highs, I mean, these are the iconic films of our lifetime. It's not anything, he's not he's not just punching out a little uh, auteur film. It's, it's just a, the, the pinnacle of film and, and cinema experience. I think, I think that's it. You made that point. Earlier on, Whitey, I think that this is this Catch Me If You Can is a prime example of that. Yeah. That run, Morgs. So, look, yeah, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jaws, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Temp- you know, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. They were, they were all massive movies in our lives. Well, mate, if you, if you, they, you were, can, they were huge. But you can go, you can go from, from Jaws in 75 all the way, the run until Saving Private Ryan in 98. Yeah. It, there's almost not a bad movie. Like, there's yeah. a couple which aren't super, super hits. Like, Colour Purple, he was going for an Oscar. It's it's not his best, but it's still a good movie. Always is probably the – and Hook are probably the two I, where you're a bit the, like – But the Colour Purple won a lot of awards. Always is fine. I, yeah, good, but it's but it's but it's it's a good. Yeah. That's right. It's fine. But this is yeah. this is a guy where you the, the expectation is so high with every movie that he is in charge of. For now sure. that run is is almost it, it's not been matched. And for me, until until Quentin, until Quentin Tarantino came around in in ninety, really until Pulp Fiction, and probably even maybe two or three movies further in, maybe until. Kill Bill, or maybe until you know, Inglorious Bastards or Django. 
Steven Spielberg was my favorite director. He's he's got at least two or three of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, definitely. And arguably, he, and as Mark said, he's got a, he's got a bit more of a, a depth or a breadth than than what. Yeah. Than what Tarantino well, Tarantino's has. Done, Tarantino's Tar- got his. Well, he's done nine his, movies. Yeah. And and he's got it the way he makes them. He's got for sure. They are, and they, they're all very you know. Yeah. Based off the same sort of base that he has. Yeah. And he comes with like massive stories about how he got to where he is, like sneaking onto the lot at, and stealing an office and setting himself up and mm. all this, all these, uh, I guess, fairy tales about Steven Spielberg, how he came to be, are incredible that just add to the yeah. aura of the guy. Yeah, but, it's, it's amazing. <clears throat> it's an amazing career. Yeah. And, and arguably, like, and, and we will get to this at some stage, but arguably the director of the greatest film ever made in Jaws. And Quentin Tarantino's come out recently and said the best movie ever made is Jaws. Now, it's one of my favorite movies ever. And how he did that in his second film and with yeah. all the shit that went on with that. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to cover that. And that's, that's like high on the list. But just incredible. Just an incredible director. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a really, really, really good Still movie. Still today. Like yeah. I watch Jaws. I would watch Jaws 10 times a year. Very watchable. Yeah. 10 times a year easily I watch Jaws. Anyway, Catch Me If You Can is a different film to to his standard fare. But nonetheless, just as good quality. What about the stars, Gal? All right. Let's go. Well, Leonardo DiCaprio, the, the big star of this movie, signed up with a talent agent who wanted him to perform under the name of Lenny Williams. <laughs> Hope he sacked him. <laughs> Just makes me think of Lenny off The Simpsons for some reason. Um, <laughs> Didn't fare well uh, for Lenny. No, no. But uh, but anyway, a number of television commercials and, and educational programs. Um, got him some small roles in he's in Roseanne in '88 and the New Lassie in '89, and then uh, it wasn't until '91 that he made his film debut in Critters Three, and then was in Growing Pains. Mm, we love got Growing his, Pains. Got his role in Growing Pains as the cousin, cousin yeah. Oliver. Yeah, he was, was like um, the little the Family Ties for the little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the, the, the like, mirror. He was Poochie. He was. Poochie. Shout out the demo. He was Poochie. Mm. Um, but look, he went from there. What's eating Gilbert Grape? We, we've been through his back catalogue before yeah. too, which is is a, a really good role for him as Arnie Grape. The Basketball Diaries, The Quick and the Dead, Romeo and Juliet in '96, uh, big big movie for him. Then that was the one that sort of made him a yeah look, a super. Well, put both put of him them on, into the him, stratosphere. Put yeah. him on the put him on the path. And then Titanic the year after, bang bang. I really like Titanic. It's a good movie. I think we need to cover it on Born to Watch. I'm sure we will. Yeah. It's a good movie. I'd love to hear what Morg thinks about Titanic. Uh, right after No Retreat, No Surrender, we'll get to that. Mate, <laughs> tell me when we're doing it, yeah. Tell me when we're doing it. But, uh, yeah, look, there's so many movies. Let's quickly go through them. The Man in the Iron Mask, The Beach, 2000, Catch Me If You Can, Gangs of New York, The Aviator, The Departed. Great, great movie. Body of Lies. The, I haven't seen The Aviator yet. I haven't seen The Aviator. Aviator's really good. Kate Blanchett won Academy Award for – she plays Catherine Hepburn. She's, yes. she's excellent in oh, everything she ever she, does. She, you know what? Meryl Streep is obviously number one. Yeah. I've got to say, Kate Blanchett is I right on her heels. fucking incredible in everything that she and, does. And she's being tipped to win the Oscar again this year for Tar, no which yeah. I won't watch. I'm giving you the tip right now. I probably will. What's it called, Tar? It's called Tar. Yeah, not. Oh. I'd prefer to watch Half Tar. But, <laughs> but this – it and – it's, I don't think it's going to be my kind of movie. Okay. Yeah. 
haven't heard that one. I'll, 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 wait, on your, I'll wait on your recommendation I, as usual. Yeah, yeah. You shan't be watching it. Get a, a 15-seconder on YouTube about that one. Why you I will. I'll yeah. definitely 15-second that one. Sweet. We'll do, we're going to do a 15-second review of Morgz's performance on Born to Watch. <laughs> It'll be silent for about seven seconds. <laughs> uh, sorry, I blanched no, you, but yeah, she's. That's she's, right. We're, we're halfway through. We're halfway through Leo Lenny Williams's career here. Um, Shutter Island, Inception, Django Unchained, 2012. That's Calvin Candy, The Great Gatsby, Into the Wolf of Wall Street, which we've covered. The Revenant, which he won his Best Actor, and probably Academy shouldn't have won it for that. No, but that's a. Full on movie. It's, it's a brutal good. movie. It's a one watcher. I watched Revenant. I, well, I watched it not long ago because I watched it once and then mm. I thought oh, I'll watch it again and it's it still was brutal. It's heavy, man. Particularly that first thirty minutes. Like the bear, the bear attack oh, is yeah. full on. Tom, Tom so, Hardy's excellent. Yeah. Well, Tom Hardy is quality in everything he does. Yeah. What's the What's the one where he plays the brothers? What's Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy. Yeah, oh, the, the, the craze. craze. Is, the craze. It, is it called the craze? Yeah. yeah. Good. Good yeah. flick. Yeah. That is a good flick. It's called um yeah. it's not called The Craze. No. It's called it's called Legend. Legend, that's it. Yeah. Legend. Legend. I was I was watching it not long ago. Yeah, the Craze is the original one with the Spandau Ballet twins. Or whoever they are. <laughs> the, the Camps. Camps. The Camps. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's a great Gary movie. Camp. Oh, mate. That, they are gold. <laughs> oh. Well done, gal. Well done, gal. You're always talking about oh, oh, oh. always believing. Oh, fucking hell. Continue. Well done, Gail. Uh, all right, yeah, so Academy Award and a BAFTA for that one. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Rick Dalton. Oh, what a great movie. And then uh, Don't Look Up in 2021 as Dr. Randall Mindy. So, yeah. so Not a huge fan I, of what did, Yeah, I'd say a friend of the podcast, Nick Torpy, thought that that oh, was excellent. Loved it, loved it. And he normally is a good judge of movie, but I couldn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, didn't really buy into that one. I know it was satire, I get it, but... Yeah, well, it it's very. It was very meta, Dan. So I'm surprised it wasn't right up your alley. Yeah, I like a bit of meta, but no, nah, didn't. Um, di- yeah, didn't grab me. Yeah. Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Who's up next, Gal? All right. Look, I'll just go quick through it. He was. I think we've been through this before. He was offered the role of porn star Dirk Diggler in Boogie Nights, uh, but he was offered the role in Titanic as well. So that was given to Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that's massive sliding doors, but I think he made the right oh, choice. Massive, massive sliding doors, but yeah. Well, for Titanic, I'd, I mean, like I he mean, made I the would, right choice. I'd like to see a world where Leo was in Boogie Nights. Cause, for uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, if, you know, obviously my preference out of those two films is I'll watch Boogie Nights any day of the week. And I think that yeah, it would have been really interesting what he did with that. Mark Wahlberg was definitely you know, excellent. You, you know what, though? I think that Mark Wahlberg brings that, Thickness yeah. is a, probably a polite way to say it. I think that I think a lot of your stuff you see in Dirk Diggler, he doesn't have to dig very low below the surface to achieve. <laughs> it's like Brad Pitt in Seven, like they both uh, play yeah. a, a yeah, a bit, a bit thick. Yeah. They're at the end of their mental capacity when they're yeah. when they're playing. So no, I, yeah, look, Mark Wahlberg is brilliant in that as well. But no, I, I yeah. could I could see a world where Leo gets a big wang out at the end and hundred uh, percent definitely takes that to the pussy posse. Jack says you got a great big cock. <laughs> May I see it? <laughs> that wouldn't. I tell you what, that wouldn't fit on the door with Rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rose, what a bitch! Yeah, I know, bitch. All right, but look, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Speaking of, almost cast him as Colonel Hans Lander in Inglorious Bastards, but uh, 
a big sliding door there, but I don't think you can beat Christoph Waltz. Oh, mate, that's one of the best performances in the last 50 years. Christoph, Christoph Waltz is one of the... Who Christoph Waltz. Leo DiCaprio know. was was offered... Leo was Lander. offered, almost went almost. into be ah, Hans Lander. Ah, right, okay. But he okay. can only speak English and he's only just good at that. Yeah. <laughs> but, mate, Christoph Waltz is one of the greatest character actors yeah. well, going around. Like, yeah, I mean, he's unbelievable in most of his roles. Oh, well, like, he's, uh, he's amazing. In yeah, he's the, amazing. He's amazing, yeah. Anyway, all right, we'll move on. We've, we've covered Leo before. Tom Hanks. Hanksy. Got his first comment wider. Here we go. He was in a, he was in a TV show. Bosom Buddies. Oh, Morgs, yes, that's great. I wasn't going there because he was actually had an, an earlier role. We'll get to that. With, oh, I don't know. I sung the song for you before. Oh, I don't know. The Love oh, Boat. really? Yeah. Is it a Love Boat? Yeah, he, he played Rick Martin a couple of episodes. But, yeah, Bosom Buddies, Morgs, he, he did that. With Peter Scolari. Now here's the here's the catch line for that show. Two young single ad men must disguise themselves as women to live in the one apartment they can afford. That was in 1980. Yeah, that's not being made today. No, <laughs> no. He played Buffy Wilson and Kip Wilson in that. Wow, Tom, he's come a long yeah. way. I tell you what, he's had a really interesting career, Tom Hanks. He has, mate. After that, Happy Days, a couple of so a couple of shows on Happy Days, Family Ties. Three episodes. In, in Family Ties, he played the the alcoholic friend or cousin. I remember seeing yeah, him. He, yeah, yeah. And then he was cast in Splash as Alan Bower in '84. Oh, that was his. Course. That was his. Big, yeah. Hanna. Now, who else was in that? Was it John Candy that was in that? Yes. Because I, I, I'm trying to think back, but I believe that he went for that role, and then he 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 was looking for that second role, but then he got cast in the main role. Okay. Um, which really helped him out. And then he went into Bachelor Party, one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. Rick Gasco, one of the greatest movies ever. Yeah, it's a funny it's movie. So he's good. a bit of a he's a bit of a Pepsi Max drinker. Everyone else is getting right on it at the bachelor party, and he's kind of the guy watching. He watching he's in love, mate. Remember, Tony Tony Katane is you know a, a fifteen sword. out of ten. Good then she's about a one out of ten now, but she was a fifteen out of ten then, and I'd be hanging on for that as well. Apart all in saying that, the bird that comes in and takes the top off, holy yeah. shit! Yeah, mate, did it. Possible crossover. <laughs> mate, don't forget Sorry, Adrian. Yeah. Don't forget Adrian Zmed. Oh, mate. With his camera. TJ Hooker. Always with his camera. Yeah. But anyway, so we, we get, yet again, we digress. Um, Dragnet, 87. Dan he was Aykroyd. in Big in 89. Yeah, yeah. Big, awesome, yeah. great. Big was massive. Got nominated massive, for an Academy Award. Massive role for him there. That was really, to me, when he, that was the, that he got was a lot it. of fame. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Burbs in 89, Turner and Hooch, 89, Joe versus the Volcano, 1990. Awful. So he's here to run. He got, stuck run in, he got stuck in a, a bit of a rut of shit movies there for a while. Yeah, but he busts out. Mm. The Bonfire of the Vanities, A League of Their Own. Oh, Bonfire of the Vanities, amazing book, but didn't translate to film. One of the you no. know, biggest busts in film history. A League of Their Own is a great movie. That yeah, is a good movie. Yeah, I yeah. like that. But then, um, then into a into a massive hit as in Sleepless in Seattle as Sam Baldwin in ninety three. Oh, we've all got a soft spot for Sleepless in Seattle. Do we? <laughs> How many <laughs> times? What's your over and under in Sleeping in Seattle? Sleepless oh, Sleeping oh, in Seattle. Easy for you to say. Fucking hell. Probably sixty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, you're a romantic at heart, Dan. I love it. I am. I Mate, am. You would have been a few years later. You'd have been so happy when you've got mail came out then. Big, big time. He was yeah. like. He was midnight screening. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, then Philadelphia. So that's where he's got his first Best, best Actor. Denzel, Denzel Washington yeah, is incredible in Philadelphia. 
Oh, that whole movie. Yeah. To myself. Antonio Banderas. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. Plays the boyfriend. Plays the partner. Yeah. Plays the boyfriend, yeah. Uh, and then the next year into Forrest Gump as best actor again. So two in a row. Yeah, I don't know about. Forrest Gump gets uh, gets a bit slated these days. Saving Private Ryan was 98. 98, that's right. Sorry, yeah. Uh, well, no, sorry. Pulp Fiction should have been Forrest Gump in 94. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's a, that's, a, that's a big, yeah. 100%. But anyway. That's some big movies, yeah. But anyway, Apollo 13, 95. Toy Story, obviously, as Woody and started into that franchise. Saving Private Ryan, as we just mentioned, in 98. Morgs is second favorite. You've got mail as well. Yep. Yeah. Do you know what I loved about you got mail? It was that it was around when email started to be yeah. sort of fancy, and it was the ding. You got mail. Oh, yeah. No one ever had that. No. There was nothing that went oh, ding. Man. You've got mail. It was bullshit. Anyway, continue. Venting. Nice. Uh, the Green Mile, ninety nine. Then oh, then. Oh, yeah. Cast Away 2000, Road to Perdition, which I really like. Great movie. Yeah, Will. Paul Newman in Road to Perdition. Yep. Catch Me That's If You Can. That's too, Jude Law. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I really like Road to Perdition. Great movie. Uh, the Terminal 2004, The Da Vinci Code. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen The Terminal. Was that any good? Give it a miss, mate. Mm. It's not It's not great. That's one of the rare misses for Spielberg. and. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yep. Mm. It's not great. Uh, yeah, The Da Vinci Code, Charlie Wilson's War, two thousand seven. Angels a great and Demons. I really yeah. like Charlie Wilson's War. It's one of the really. best. It's it, it's a it's a real sleeper. Charlie Wilson's yeah. War. Philip Seymour. Phil- oh my god, excellent in that. Rest in when peace. It, what a fucking yeah, what a good actor. actor he was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one of the greats. Where, where he bugs that bottle of scotch oh, is so freaking good. Yeah, if we go out and watch Charlie Wilson's War tonight, and Julia Roberts is incredible in that movie as well. She's very good. Well, she was hitting a peak right around then too. 2007. Oh, a bit past. Bit bit past. Bit past. Yeah. And then obviously Angels and Demons, the follow up. I didn't see either of those. I mean, the books were obviously mahusive, but no, I didn't. I I read the books. The books were unreal. I I saw, I think I saw The Da Vinci Cut. I don't think I I might have watched Angels and Demons, but. Angels and Demons is not not great. great. Uh, And neither are the ones after Inferno. I thought that was the band that Tom DeLong started when he left Blink 182. (laughs) Angels and Demons. Yeah. That's what I saw Angels and Airwaves. Um, Captain Thanks, Phillips, Molly. 2013. Ten years ago now. I'm not I Captain haven't now. seen that either. That's a great I, movie. I haven't seen that. I've yeah. heard it's really, no, it's really a good, good movie. Apparently, apparently, the real Captain Phillips is a bit of a cock. Uh, so they paint him in this light where he's this a bit of a hero, which is quite similar to Catch Me If You Can, to be honest. But apparently, the captain was a bit of a dick. But it's a great movie. Okay. Uh, then into Ithaca with Matthew McCauley. Uh, 2016, he played Suli. Suli. That's a good movie. Jake Sully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Avatar fans. Have you guys seen um, it been released yet? It's released tomorrow, 6 p.m. Oh, okay. Because it's it's already garnered some award attention, but mainly I'm telling I'm telling you, it's going it's going to be massive. It's going to be it needs to you know that Avatar 2 needs to make two billion dollars to break even. Oh wow. wow. Yeah. Well, you'll be you'll be there at six PM tomorrow. Are we sure. gonna do are we going yeah. to do a uh are we going to do an Avatar 2 pod? No, What's the go? we are not. You two can. I'm Avatar keen to do one. Sucks, we, are, we have, we have a, a whole we're squeezing layout. A lot in. We've got a whole layout already. Yeah, we're squeezing we're, a lot We're in, in the Christmas period. We can't throw it in the Christmas, can we? Yeah, oh, we, we can. We can. We can do what we want. I'll tell you what. It might, that might need a 15-seconder. <laughs> well, actually, make it a 20-seconder. Uh, Give yeah, it a 20-seconder. Yeah. Mate, the movie goes for three hours and 19 minutes. It's going to oh, need a 15-hour. <laughs> 
Three hours. Three hours and 19 minutes. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that. that's a two-piece film. <laughs> at least. At piece. least. Depends how many cans you have, Morgs. Yeah. Morgs I loves the cans. When was the last time? I can't really tell you the last time I went to the cinema. Yeah. Disappointing, yeah. They don't have many on the land, Dis- do they, Morgs? It wouldn't be nah, many up there. It's a, it's a bit, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a better day, day's trip. It must, but it must seem like, with your new TV, it must seem like IMAX. Oh, look. You've was- moved on from your 18-incher. Wait, um, surely up on the land, yeah. surely up on the land, they have a drive-in somewhere, Morgs. Possibly, yeah. yeah poltergeist, tough. poltergeist is showing. <laughs> good, good film, good film, good. Toby Hooper. Anyway, all right, beautiful day in the neighbourhood, and then uh, Greyhound in twenty twenty, and then Elvis twenty twenty two. Yep, plays the um, yeah. Let's we won't go through his back. We won't go, nah. we won't go through. We'll keep nah. we'll keep moving, keep moving, keep moving forward. Who's next? Who do you want to talk about next? Christopher, oh, Christopher Walken. Walken. Yeah, it has be. to be. Stage, TV, and dance acting. He's like Morgs. He's a triple threat. Oh, well, look, no one's quite like Morgs, but he's, he's in the realm. It's a bit like us saying There's that. There's more demo than Morgs. Yeah. Well, it's a bit like us saying that, look, we're on Spotify with Joe Rogan, so we're in the same. That's, well, that's the true. difference between Morgs and Christopher Walken. <laughs> so Joe Rogan's called out The Rock and said, you're on the You're on the, you're on the roids. Yeah. yeah. Joe oh, Rogan's gone bizarre. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's calling all these people out about being on the gear. Ah, all these yeah. people. It's hard okay. to it's hard to not agree with him, seeing what he was like in the nineties. Oh yeah, no, he has to be way bigger. Has to be. The dude, I think anyway. the dude, the dude that was eating horse liver or whatever and saying he was all natural. He's come out. Yeah, said, they've got him. Yeah. yeah. Is that? Was, so there was I the guy that was liver. just the liver. He ate horse liver, and that's how he got jacked. And he's, oh, this, the, the UFC fighter. Uh, nah, was, I don't nah, think he's a US. He's, no, he's he's like a he's like a YouTuber. Yeah, oh, he right. does. Yeah. He does fifteen second videos on YouTube. Yeah, he hasn't got. He's not that good. He's not that good. <laughs> Continue, yeah. Before we cut Noosa off. Right. All right, Christopher Walken broke into cinema in nineteen sixty nine in Me and My Brother, before appearing alongside Sean Connery in the Anderson Tapes in seventy one. Pushy, pushy girl. Uh, he then. He then was in Annie Hall as Diane Keaton's brother, uh, and he scooped a Best Supporting and Actor Award, Best Supporting Actor Award in 1977 for his role as Nick in The Deer Hunter, which Ooh, is a full-on movie. Great, great flick. Great flick. Yeah, great flick. It is Super tough. duper heavy. I yeah. caught the last 45, 50 minutes of it the other week. Yeah. God, it's heavy. Yeah, it is. It is tough. But uh, yeah, really, really good movie. I watched that not long ago myself. Um, then Pennies from Heaven. Which was critically acclaimed. The Dead Zone in nineteen eighty three. The Dead Zone is a great movie. Stephen yeah. King adaptation. It's a really, really good movie. Agreed. Uh, then A View to a Kill, Max Zorin in eighty five. Duran Duran. Yeah, yeah. One of the best. Watching you with a view to a kill. <laughs> Good point. Shout out to Simon LeBond. Uh, into Biloxi Blues with Matthew Broderick, 88. Kings of New yeah. York in 1990. Have you seen Kings of New York? No. Long, long I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember it. It's is it long? One, yeah. Is, it? is that the I can't remember. I don't know. Is that the one with Robert De Niro? I think so. That's yeah, it might be. But yeah, Batman Returns '92, True Romance, Max Shrek in '93. Oh, he's great in True Romance. Yeah. Do you remember that scene? It came up, flushed up on I my. I watched True, Ram- True Romance last week, and he's excellent in it. Yeah, that, yeah, that scene, that scene where he's in with um, 
with uh, Mad Dog Morgan. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his name's escaped. Dennis me. Hopper. Yeah. Dennis, Dennis Hopper. Hopper, yeah. <laughs> Mad Dog Morgan. Okay, I'm proposing live on the podcast that in 2023 we do a Tony Scott month. Oh. We I'm and we down. can all I'm down for we that. can all pick one. We can all pick one each, and then we'll yeah. communally pick a fourth, which probably means I'll pick it. And then uh, I pick True Romance. There we go. What are you going to pick? Don't know. Okay, let me think about it. I'm probably going to go with Man on Fire. Yeah, that's okay. a good pick. Man's but I might I might go left field because I, the one that you may not have seen called Deja Vu. Oh no, it's yeah. Denzel again. Yeah, Denzel again. Yeah, mm. it's really good. They, I reckon I might go Top Gun. No, we've done Top Gun. No, we're only a Maverick. We haven't done the original. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. Are we talking, are these full reviews or are we doing 15 seconders? Oh, don't get on the train, <laughs> cockhead. <laughs> oh, you digress. Oh, anyway, we have digressed. We're never going to get through this cast. Um, where were we? Uh, true Romance into Pulp Fiction, Captain Coons in 94. One of the greats. Up his ass. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so 15 we... months you had that watch. Up, up, his, ass. Ass. up his ass. <laughs> uh, last Man Standing in 96. Suicide Kings in 97. Suicide Kings? Suicide Kings? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know that one. Mm. Um, Sleepy Hollow. Joe Dirt. Clem in 2001. He yeah. plays the. He you're wrong. You tell us all wrong. He plays the headless horseman in Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, no, that that's coming up. Yeah, he was in. Sorry, same year. He was in yep. '99. Yep. Um, America's Sweethearts, 2001, and then won his Best Supporting Actor and a BAFTA in Catch Me If You Can, 2002. He's very good in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he is really good. Uh, anyway, yeah, Welcome to the Jungle, 2003. The that's Stepford a good was, movie. Yeah. The Rock. Great it is a good movie. movie. Yeah, so and good. Stifler. Stifler. Yeah, Stifler's in it. Rosario yeah. Dawson. Yeah. It's really, really good fun. Uh, Wedding Crashes, 2005. Great movie. <laughs> Balls yeah. of Fury, 2007. Yeah, not great, but it has funny bits of it. But then currently in Severance, in last 19 episodes. In, yeah, with Adam Severance. Scott. Yep. yep. That's yeah. a good TV show, that. It's, it's, a, it's a tough, it's a grind. And dropped it, yeah. It's I, a grind. You've got to get through. It. it uh, in about episode five, it just sort of, it opens, it opens up. But it's mm. it's a grind. It really is a grind. One of the arcades. Um, mm. Sorry, I was gonna say he was um he was George Lucas' second choice for Han Solo in Star Wars. He and Nick oh, Nolte were both were both oh, considered for the role. Big, big nuts, Nick Nolte. Yeah. Uh also considered for the role number two in Austin Powers, International <laughs> Man of Mystery. He would have been a good he, number two. He would two. have been a good number two. He and and also Captain Jack Sparrow was considered for the role. Yeah, I can he, see that he would have well. been something different yeah. in that too. Yeah. Um, and was actually cast in Cliffhanger in '93, but left before it began. The part John Lithgow's part. I was going to say, so Lithgow. Yeah. Eric John, John Lithgow. Yeah, Lithgow is yeah. excellent in that yeah, movie. Good. I, I can I, imagine Walken doing a good job yeah, with that too, though. Yeah. Lithgow is excellent. Yeah. Fetch. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, so look. Do we want to go through more? Martin Sheen's in the movie. Amy Adams is in the movie. Yeah, look, a- Amy Adams is there's there's a there's three girls which go on to become superstars in their yeah. own right. Oh yeah, uh, probably four actually. There's four. So there's Amy Adams. Yep. There's Elizabeth Banks. Yes. There's that uh, Grey's Anatomy yeah. girl, Ellen Pompeo. Ellen, Ellen Pompeo, Pompeo and and Jennifer and, Garner and Jennifer Garner who yeah. just go on to become massive, massive stars. stars. Also stars James Brolin. Yeah, Josh's yeah. dad. Yeah, he's that's the right. philandering. He's the yeah. philandering. The philandering husband, mate. Yeah. 
But yeah, so but most of those roles aren't aren't as big in the movie as the others. No, well, the the movie centers just around the chase, Leo and and Hanks, really. Yeah. Well done. But look quickly, I'll tell you the, the gross of the movie: three hundred fifty-five million, one hundred sixty more domestically, and one ninety-one million international on a fifty-two million dollar budget. So it made some cash. Number Actually, eleven, number eleven good. that year. So do you know when it was released? It was released late two thousand and two. It was released on the twenty fifth of December, two thousand two. It wasn't Christmas, right? Hence, yeah. Christmas celebration movie for there us. There you go. Yeah, thirty million dollars in its opening weekend. That's wow. a pretty solid, yeah. pretty solid start. Yeah. Well, you can you got you got the three biggest people in cinema in it. It's going to do well, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But look, the other two thousand two movies, everything that scooped at you was Chicago. With Best Picture, Best Supporting oh, Actress yes. from Catherine Zeta-Jones, Best Sound, Best Art, Best Art Direction, The Pianist, Best Director, Excuse Roman me? Polanski, and Best Actor, Adrian Brody. It's funny because it was it was released, obviously, right at the back end of 2002, so really most of its box office is in 2003. But yeah. the Ga- Games the, of New York was 2002 as well. Yeah, but listen to this. Listen to this for a top four for 2002. Spider-Man. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, which is heinous. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets and Signs are the top four. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers is in the top ten. Austin Powers, Gold Member, Man in Black 2, A Beautiful Mind, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings. So that, that, they were, that was released right at the end of the year as well, Lord of the Rings. Die Another Day. They're just massive movies. They don't have years like this anymore, do they? Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Num- Minority 14. Report. <laughs> Born Identity. Yeah. Eight Mile. Eight Mile Black was Hawk a good Down. movie. Panic Room. Like, it, they just don't have years like this. Road, oh, Road to Perdition was that year too, 183 million. But we look, Harry Potter, 874, 875 million. Yeah. Spider-Man, 821 million. Crazy, isn't it? Attack of the Clones, 656. So this was in at 11th. With 355, it just pales in comparison, really, doesn't it? But yeah. So still, look, it's massive money. Yeah. So then, if you slide into the next year with Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, 1.1 billion dollars. Wow. Yeah, crazy. This is where it's just starting to hit. Yeah. Those this, this massive. Is, hoops, this was the start. This yeah. was the real start of of just crazy cinema. Yeah. Anything else in 2002? Gia, tickle your fancy? Oh no, not really. I didn't. I didn't go too much into the music. It was dead to me by then. Yeah, Eight Mile came out. Eight Mile came yeah. out. So lose yourself. Lose yourself. Uh, Eminem song. was massive. Yeah. So Eminem was massive. He was top of the pops in Australia with Without Me. Shakira, she was around. It was, you know, Delta. Delta was just getting ready with Born to Try. Uh, Casey Chambers, not pretty enough. It's not great. It really isn't. Avril Lavigne, complicated. There's nothing that's sort of really, oh, but hang on. Tribute, Tenacious D. One Number of your 15. Favorites. One of the great. Tenacious D is a great band. Really worth listening to. The music is not great. The, the music is dying here. 2001, 2002, the music's dying. Move on. All right. Question time. Okay, so Frank Abagnale runs away at 16. Do you really think a 16-year-old could pull this all off? You looked about 28 when you were 16. Yeah, I, I did. He, he didn't. No, he didn't, though. Well, I don't know. But Leo the, didn't, but, but he the might real, have. The real Frank, Frank Abagnale did, apparently. So. But a lot, yes. of this, a lot of this stuff didn't really happen. 
a lot of this stuff, and we'll probably get to that, but yeah. a lot of this stuff didn't Look, happen. I started researching this, yeah. and, and a lot of what he claims in his book and it's inflated is, is very, very much yeah. inflated. Yeah. Very much inflated. But, yeah. you know, they've got to make a movie too. Okay. So I th- I think, well, a 16-year-old nowadays struggles to, sh- to tie their shoelaces. I know because I have one living in my house. So, no, it's not going to happen. If you're Frank Abagnale and you're this master forger, like, where are you going? Because he, what are you doing? What job are you going? Like, why are you going to these massive high-pressure jobs? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, he, th- but he fell into that, right? Like, yeah. he, I, I, you know, if you're based on the movie, and I haven't read the book, but if you're based yeah. on the movie, he, he fell into it and went, oh, where can I find this? And he started doing that. Now, he just starts going down a road where he's eventually going to get caught because yeah. he's, he's not a criminal mastermind. He's a great forger, but he just keeps forging the checks and they're onto him and it's just a matter of time. And, and Tom Hanks keeps telling him that. Yeah. You know, so, but he, you know, he didn't actually, he didn't actually fly any planes either. Like he, you know, he oh no, he sat, in the, he, he sat in the jump seat. He deadheaded. Yeah. He deadheaded all of those. So, yeah. you know, he says he got his, you know, he was, he was a pilot and he says in the movie he's a co-pilot, but he wasn't. He yeah. just got himself in 19, in the 1960s managed to figure out the way to get on the system, which wasn't like today. You can't do that today. Well, I think yeah. that it, it's the, the, the pilot's the easy way. It's sort of a, it's a job of opportunity where yeah. it's like, well, this is the easiest way to get the money. So that's what it is. Well, there's trust, right? He did it on trust. Yeah. So sure. people trust the pilot. He comes in his uniform. Okay. Okay. So the, the big thing for me, are you getting engaged? Are you getting engaged? Like he is slaying birds all over the world. Is it, I understand he's looking for family. He's got massive issues because of his family. But are you getting engaged? The kid's only 19. Yeah. I think that's the point in the movie where he's trying to get out. I mean, he's already said to Hanratty, don't don't chase me, don't chase me. I want to be out of this. I think he got himself in way too deep, and then yeah, yeah it was you're right, craving the family, yeah, but was too far gone, and that's what that was his downfall basically. That's where he got caught. Yeah. No, you'd root heaps of birds. Yeah, and he goes all right. I'm assuming that when he when he bangs Ellen Pompeo, that's his first go. He's going all right. She's, she's enjoying great. herself. She's a great sort. She's, yeah, about, well, she's, about eight, she's about 80 years old, too. Yeah, she's old, man. Is yeah. she? Yeah, she's old yeah. now. On, on Grey's Anatomy, she was like 50 or something playing a 28-year-old. Oh, really? That was yeah. Sandra Oh. That was oh, Sandra Oh. Was oh a, okay. She was the Gabrielle Gartenez of <laughs> Grey's Anatomy, Sandra Oh. <laughs> um, Both absolutely stunning, but they were, they were much older than their characters, I remember. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. Uh, okay, let's move into the uh, – well done. We're sliding. We're into the categories. Good, the bad, the ugly, where we talk about the stuff that we like about the movie, the stuff that we think is a little bad and then the downright ugly. We're going to start up on the land this week. Uh, what do you got for good, uh, Dan? Yeah, I, you brought it up before and I'm, I'm going to take a look at it in film school for F-Wits, but just the world building, the production design, the costume design, that's what really stuck with me on this watch. And uh, I'd, I'd like to take a look at some films because it wasn't awarded, this film, didn't, didn't receive nominations for either of those categories at the Academy Awards, and that's something I'll be bringing up when I'm inducted into the Academy in the 2023 class. Uh, it just what a, what a travesty that was. Um, but I'd like to look at films that actually have been awarded over the last 20 years in those categories just to have a bit of a discussion on what we think of those films and if they they far surpass Catch Me If You Can or if, if uh, Old Mate Spielberg got proper fucked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so me... I, I've got Spielberg. He's the master, and the world building and the production is is all him. You know, he's he's a he's just the best. He really is. 
I, I love I think Leo is great. How he manages to play this sixteen year old dorky kid and his transformation throughout the movie. He actually you could he, he actually looks like he's sixteen. He yeah, acts like he, he's sixteen. He just that, crushes it. Right? The scenes at the start where he's a kid, he looks like a kid. Yeah, like he's uh, incredible. The the yeah. transformation in him, he's so good, mate. He was running that front bob do like you did, Morgs, <laughs> like circa eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, a, um, but look, I I agree with you, and I'm probably the same. I thought Leo was really good because he plays someone that that is sort of making a mockery of all these people, but then he's then he goes back to being the kid that's, that's missing his family and constantly asking his dad if he's called his mum, yeah, because you know, he wants him to get back together, yeah. yeah. Even though they're well, he's, apart, he's, you know, he, like, the, I think the scene where it really shows me is when he when he does that first deadhead and he goes in the cockpit, yeah, and he then changes to be this pilot and he's oh, you know, I'm just jumping puddles, blah blah blah, and the guy's like, yeah, like that that transformation from this gawky kid to there yeah. is incredible. But even the scene where he he gets caught in the room by Tom Hanks, you that's know, the best, and he sort of and he just comes out and he he owns it and then yeah. and then gets himself out of the room. You know, I so love when he looks out the window and he's just bolting down yeah, the street. Yeah. Yeah, that was really that was good. really clever, really really clever. Uh, Christopher Walken is the man, so understated. Probably his most understated role ever, and yeah. it's not surprising that this is the one that, where he's least Walken that he gets the Academy yeah. Award for. Like he's super good in this. Probably my favorite scene in the whole movie is the Jennifer Garner scene. Yeah, how she good. thinks that she's in the position yeah, of yeah, power yeah. and is playing him. Yeah, did, just, you, did you adjust what a gorilla was uh, in 2022 numbers? Like, she's no, I did a yeah. lot of freight for yeah, a lot thousand, of freight. Like, thousand bucks. Thousand in the bucks 60s. back then. That's got to be. That, that's, yeah, a, she's, that's, a, that's an $80,000 well, night. She backed herself. Oh, well, she'd want to have the red cape with the S, you know, <laughs> hanging in the nether regions. I'll give <laughs> you the tip. Yeah, yeah, she looks good. She she looks good. good. But you're right. He just played her. He just played her, which is so funny. In the end, she paid him four hundred. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) He just he pulled out his his bad checkbook again. Yeah, yeah. but uh, John Williams' score. John Williams is incredible. The greatest in the business. His score is next is just brilliant. Yeah, and the opening credits, the Saul Bass, that old style Saul Bass ripoff, is incredible. Again, it's all Spielberg. It's all from him. It all just runs down from him. So that it's just uh, opening, you probably listen to this, I'm, I'm going to step on, but that opening credits with that the game show that they played, that was a real yeah. homage yeah. to uh, uh, yeah. Tell Me No Lies or Lie to Me or something like that that uh, Frank, Frank Abadnale actually appeared on. So that was interesting. Yeah. And, and no one picked him. No one picked mm. him as being the guy that was telling the truth. Yeah. Uh, the ah. truth telling the truth, yeah, it's funny. Okay, Gail, what do you got for bad? Um, bad, I've got the... The length of the movie, I thought, it, I thought it carried on for quite a long time, and it was because it's a slow-paced movie. It, you know, it did drag to me, dragged a bit. Um, the plane scene, the when, plane scene when he goes into the toilet and then un, somehow all fake, it. all oh, fake, no, it's all fake. But then, then gets out through the gear landing. Yeah. You know, like well, he's he's uh, John Matrix. Yeah, it never happened. Yeah. It, it never happened. Like I, I read, I looked at yeah. it. Like, but you know, they Megan actually, the Megan actually walked in as I was watching that, and she, go, oh, actually, we were watching it together, and she goes. Did this actually happen? I'm like, no. Not one bit of this thing happened. How can you take out screws with your bare hands? And there might Matrix. be one loose. Yeah, I know. He's and then good. cross it. Anyway, I was like, and the other one was Tom Hanks' accent. I've got exactly that. <laughs> it was just. It's in and out. It's so it, in and out. I know. It's so in and yeah. out in some of the bits, but it's just funny listening to it because it kind of gets really thick sometimes. Yeah. And then it just. He, then he lays it on thick, doesn't he? Yeah. And then, and then he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But that were, that were my bad. Yeah. What about you, Dan? You got anything for bad? Yeah, we did, we touched on it before. So it's, it's you write a book, a bullshit artist writes a book. You know that, that there's going to be a few things that aren't uh, aren't quite true. But I, looking into this, and as Gow did, there, it sounds like 
not a lot of this was uh, was actual fact. And it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, like Shantaram, uh, which was an excellent book, but but found to be complete fiction. Later on, A Million Little Pieces, absolutely the same, great book, but found to be complete bullshit. So it, uh, it just loses a bit of its luster, a bit of its magic when you realise that uh, you've been duped a bit from the this is based on a true story bit, so very, very loosely based, but an entertaining story all the last. Roger Ebert did a a, a review of this film and, and, and basically said that fact that a screenwriter couldn't come up with uh, with something as far-fetched as this, which uh, could only be a true story, but it, it's since been debunked a little. So, uh, yeah, that, that was certainly a bit of a bad taste. And the only other one was... The, uh, I've been to a few emergency wards in my time after midnight, and when he was uh, posing as the doctor, if a, a, little, a little kid falling off a bike was the only thing that got him uh, got him into shit instead of rooting Amy Adams in his office, then, uh, yeah, he's kidding himself. There would have been a trillion things worse than that happening in, on those shifts. He would have been found out on out. day no, one. At the, at the yeah. premiere of the movie, he, he admitted to an American writer that he only he – only, was a doctor for a few days and a lawyer for a few days. Like he, he, he did that bit and it only happened for a few days. And they said, in the movie, they make it out like it was a year doing this. Yeah. And, but then later on, he recounted that and said, no, no, no. But that's when he's getting paid 20 and $30,000 to tell his story yeah, right, each time. So, so he went back to his, but he's, he's on record saying that I didn't do that. Like, you know, I did it for a couple of days. I, I made it out to be a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no way he faked it through. He didn't pass his bar exam in two weeks. He passed it on the third try. Yeah. So how many, how many months he must've studied for that? reading up on it like it's it's not impossible for someone quite smart, which he obviously is very, very smart, yeah. to do that. I concur. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> do you concur? Uh, I, the, my bad is the, um, has anyone of you seen Kelly? Double L Y. Okay, I'm walking out of the house oh. if the family that I'm living with starts seeing that. I'm like, nah, I'm out. I'm done. That that doesn't need to be in the movie. Yeah, like there, was... There's five minutes there that yeah. you can just trim. Right, straight away. But that's really the only bad that I've got. Uh, okay, anything for ugly? Uh, Dan, anything for ugly? Nah, nothing for me. Nothing ugly. Yeah. We've kind of hit it all in the bad yeah, to me. No, I've got, I've got nothing in the ugly either. Uh, it, it's just not an ugly movie and the bad is nitpicking, but we'll, that's what we're here for. Okay, Morgs, quick fire for you. Hit us. Go. So we're going to have to pause because I haven't pulled up my categories. So just talk about amongst yourselves for a second. Can do that. As I... I'll get the camera ready for gear. <laughs> Stand by. Jesus, lots of notes in here. Fucking lost me. Quick fire. Ah, oh, here we go. No, that's not it. Jesus, really? Ah, oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah, three, two, one, me. Okay, yeah. okay, Morgs, it's time for a quick fire. Take it away. I'll need some sound effects for this next week too. I want some some bullet shots. I want it like a western, old school western. Can you can we get production on that, please? It's like the crazy, like a western. <laughs> <laughs> a proper shootout. A proper shootout. Like a western. Proper western. All right, quick fire. But let's make them really quick this list. First up, that's not an eye for a scene that crossed over into pop culture or anything that we repeat or come across in everyday life from this movie. I'm going to say no, but open to No, I'm no. no. Nothing really that comes out that we would cross over in everyday life. No, no. I'm no. 
No, hey Derek Spreckensy Dick for character. That was the biggest knob on film. Uh, again, no one really jumped out at me. I mean, look, Josh Brolin's dad for for Stoink and old mate uh, Abignale Senior's miso. He certainly not did, ideal. but yeah, it's not it's certainly not of a, uh, a a great caliber. Anyone from you guys? Yep, I've got it. The two detectives working with Hanratty. Yep, they were really did nothing. All they did was try to eat food. Yeah. The whole time, and they just—they were—they made them come across as just. Well, the inept. guy—the guy that's in the back seat, so the shorter one, yeah. he plays uh, Wild Bill Garnier in Band of Brothers. So oh, he's come off Band ah. of Brothers with Spielberg and Hanks into this. And he's he's Bill Garnier. Gets his leg blown off. Gets his leg blown off. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's okay. a great. He's movie. awesome. He is. Band of Brothers is the best TV yeah, show. Yeah, I was watching best a couple of episodes limited, the other day. Best limited series ever. Oh, I, like, yeah. I like a few, but that's definitely up there. Yeah. So go, go and yeah. watch it, fellow F-Wits. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee backdraft for the actor that was in a different movie or thought they were in a different movie. Anyone jump out at you? No, I reckon no. everyone was pretty cool. Yeah, I think I agree. Th- there wasn't anyone that really stood out. I think it they were all really good. And it was edited seamlessly as well, so it didn't feel yeah. like you were – even though the time shifted around a bit. It, uh, no, I think I think well done yeah. cast. Did really well. Ripley running for a particularly poor show of athletic prowess, a la Ripley in Aliens. Anything that jumped out at you? Uh, no, he, <laughs> no, look, the only thing really is he's – He's looking a bit gawky when he's running off, when he's got the things in his hand, uh, when he's when runs Hanks, for the train. No, or when Hanks gets him and he looks out the window and he's just running down the. But there's nothing really. There's, this movie's pretty seamless. Yeah, I don't think there's anything nothing stands out. Of the out that's, that's too bad. What about you, Dan? Leo's not an athlete. Like he's definitely he was a yeah. he was a theater theater school definitely. Guy. Like definitely. A, if he runs, there's there's a bit going on everywhere. But in in this film, there was nothing. Really out so yeah uh robot sentries for a scene that you would have liked to see with a bit of backstory or that would add to the film a la the robot sentries in aliens which just shows how many of those fucking aliens are coming at the guys at uh in in the seminal film anything that you guys wanted to learn more about i get again I, th- I think last week we talked about scenes that could come out uh rather than go in I'd take, as I said, the the, the singing on the, the couch out. Yeah, I but get I, it. I, I mean, they, they, they were just reinforcing the fact that what he was really the, craving was a family. and, and Yeah, and I, I get that. I get that. Maybe the bar, maybe the whole bar thing, they sort of gloss over that. There's a lot of there's a lot of glossing over, which is incredible because the movie goes for a long fucking time mm-hmm. and there just seems to be a lot of glossing over stuff. And obviously that's because in reality the whole story is glossed over. Yeah. But maybe some... You know, I don't think there's anything they could have added. They could have shortened some of that. They could have shortened some of that. Yeah. Uh, and what is Brad Pitt for the actor in the cast that you would most like to lie down and have special relations with anyone that jump past? Lots of choice in this one. So you go, yeah. Uh, I would say Jennifer Garner. I'm g- one million percent I'm, Jennifer Garner. Gao as a redhead aficionado. I thought you would have yeah. gone Ellen Pompey or Amy Adams, but uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's... I've got a soft spot for Elizabeth Banks, who's in yeah one oh, of the yeah. great movies of all time. Zach and Miri make a porno, okay. but she's a uh, bit of a she's a she's a bit of a dork in the movie for two seconds in this one. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, Jennifer Garner looks amazing yeah. in the film, and she's easy an easy choice. 
Yeah. What about you, Morgs? Not a hard film. All the all the act, actors of the female variety are stunning in this. Uh, yeah, wouldn't be, wouldn't be hard if uh, they tripped over and fell in to your king size. And look, and in saying that, if if I had if I had my choice, which would never happen because in my whole history of life, I've never really had a choice. Uh, it would be it would be Jennifer Garner. Excellent, good choice. Or whichever one got drunk enough to let me have a crack. Thousand bucks. <laughs> Yeah, I'd pay them. Probably, I'd probably have to pay them five thousand dollars. Nine sixty-seven thousand dollars. <laughs> Excellent. That's that's quick fire. Well played. Okay. Well done. Good work. Okay. We'll move into listen to this, where we talk about a little bit of the stuff behind the scenes, and this is where Gao really shines. So we'll start with Gao. What do you got, Gao? I don't have any listen to this. I've gone through it all. Okay. I've pretty much, pretty much hit everything in there. I got, I got, I got some stuff. Then I know Morgs has probably done limited uh, research on this side of it. You got anything, Morgs, or you just want me to run away? Mate, I already do heaps of categories. I don't have to do shit in this one. Okay, yeah, your, your two categories are massive. Uh, okay, so it was funny that I noticed this, only this was the first time that I noticed it, was when at the start of the movie where he gets uh, arrested by the French police, that the guy that puts him in the car is actually Frank Abagnale. He's oh, a I knew legitimate, he was in the movie. He's yeah. a legitimate cameo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is the policeman, the French policeman that puts him in the car. And actually, and we get now get into the debunking the, the film a little that the FBI went on his case the whole time. They were they were intermittently chasing him, and never once was there a phone call between uh, Frank Abagnale and an FBI agent, and most certainly not at Christmas. Uh, so, and it's funny here. I was reading this. This just shows the the ego of old Frankie boy. Until he saw the results of Leo DiCaprio's work, the real Frank Abagnale Jr. didn't think DiCaprio was suave enough to play him. <laughs> yeah. Well, this he's is got, this is a guy. This is a guy stuff. with a high opinion of himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you, do, and do you know that it was actually that um, James Gandolfini was actually slotted to play. Tom Hanks's character. That was that was and interesting because this was like mid uh, high point Sopranos right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it, the reason he couldn't do it. It was because of Sopranos. Yeah. Fincher, Cameron Crowe were also asked to direct since Spielberg was only going to produce. And then it doesn't Spielberg... feel like a Fincher joint, but definitely Cameron Crowe, I reckon, would have had an interesting take on it. For sure. It, w- it would have would have been Fincher would have taken it down a much darker way, wouldn't it? Do you know, actually, just on Fincher, I watched the his girl and the dragon tattoo this week, which I hadn't seen. I'd seen the Swedish language versions, but wow. I mean it, it doesn't drift much from the book. And uh, Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. Fincher. Yeah, mate, it's it's it's, it's almost dark. a perfect yeah. film. It's really it's it's good. almost a perfect film. It's, so good. it's a shame he didn't yeah. they didn't go into the second and third ones because they well the, made no money, made no uh, money. gotcha. So that's the reason why it made no money. Uh, whichever and, Mara it is, Rooney Mara, I think is plays. Yeah, it's Rooney Santa. Mara. She, she's she's amazing. Incredible, yeah. yeah, and doesn't mind just nuding up the whole whole time. But some horrific scenes. They don't stray from the book, and there's some no, super, they don't. Super grim. The, the, the wow. guy that plays the, uh, I no, guess the the the, 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 the um, it looks what's it called the ward, the the he is he's so bad, God. evil, evil, but what, yeah, really, a, really good film, and um, yeah. uh, the Sarsgaard that's not the uh, Scallon, is I think the Sarsgaard that uh, yeah, Stellan Sarsgaard, yeah. Martin, um, what's his face, is Peter, Peter yeah. Sarsgaard, no, it's Stellan, no, it's no, Stellan. Stellan. Was... yeah, so anyway, sorry, David Finch, I thought no, no, great I'd movie. never seen it, and that was if we go and check it out. You know, this was originally pitched in 81 with Dustin Hoffman starring. So 
interesting. I can I could see yeah. that. He's got the charisma. Could see a young for Dustin sure. Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. Dustin yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he could pull off that that sort of kid vibe. Yeah, into into an adult. Yeah, yeah. So we've and we've also got an eye into how Amy Adams thinks she would eat a cheeseburger because that's what Steven Spielberg said to her for the sloppy kiss. Attack Leonardo DiCaprio like you're attacking a cheeseburger. Yeah. So that guy. tongue pash that she's giving him on the chair in the office is is how she did a cheeseburger. In and Cal- you're a fan of burgers, Morgs. Oh. And is that is that how you would attack a burger? Yeah. Look, uh, when 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 you prefer a burger, that's definitely how you go about it. But I think, Gal, in our travels in Canada, Amy Adams would be referred to as a goer. She was a real goer. She's a yeah, definite she goer. Loved it. She loved it. She loved it. And and also the last one I've got, listen to this, is when they're at uh, the the house with Amy Adams and he's got the, the suitcases full of cash, the dollar bill or the, and the note that flies under the – Yeah. Flies under the table and come – under the door and comes up in the air. That's a, just, just a little uh, nod to the Forrest Gump uh, feather. Ah, on right. purpose. Because yeah. I, I looked at that and I was like, that's just so unbelievable. Yeah. 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 So that was just a little okay. nod that makes to, sense. Uh, to Forrest that makes Gump. Sense. Why not? Okay, uh, that's enough for listen to this. Uh, anyone got one degree of Kurt Russell? This is an easy one. Oh, gee, I didn't think about one degree. Didn't put it on my list. Let me have a little think. I've got a very easy one, and then I've got another one. Oh, okay. No, you just dominate. Yeah, no, it's, it, just it, throw it out. Okay, throw well, it it's, out. It's, it's Leonardo DiCaprio again, Once a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon yeah, a Time of in course, Hollywood. Of course, of okay. course, yeah. Now, here is Left Field, Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump. Kurt Russell plays the voice of Elvis in ah, Forrest Gump. Ah, how good. How good. Yeah. That's, a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. So there we go. Okay. So let's slide into a quotables. And look, it's a movie that doesn't have a heap of quotes. And really the the, the two mouse, the two mice. Two mice is a good one. That's a good one. Um, I liked Here's the one I liked. Yeah. And, and it goes back to that bedroom scene yeah. with the cash. Brenda, I don't want to lie to you anymore. All right, I'm not a doctor. I never went to medical school. I'm not a lawyer or a Harvard graduate or a Lutheran. Brenda, I ran away from home a year ago when I was 16. Frank, Frank, you're not a Lutheran? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I laughed out loud. Oh, that that's funny. funny. That funny. Very, very funny. Good. Very good. I also, I also like uh, the uh, Hanratty, well, would you like to hear me tell a joke? <laughs> and the other one. They're yeah, the two I had. Yeah. We'd love to hear a joke from you. Knock, knock. Who's there? Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> and then I love yeah. that it's a throwback at the end where he says to his boss, yeah. knock, knock. Yeah. And then that and just, just cuts, cut away. It just cuts away. So clever. I also like the uh, – I, I do like the bit with his dad where he says, you know why the Yankees always win, Frank? Because they have Mickey Mantle. No, it's because the other teams can't stop staring at those damn pinstripes. <laughs> I just love that his dad was such a bad influence on yeah. him. So bad. Such he had no hope because yeah. his dad was dodgy as hell. Yeah, gave himself away too with that. Yeah, and Raddy was onto him from that. Yeah, he was actually. Yeah, why, 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 why tell him you're engaged? Yeah, but I then just, told, but then told him he's from New York because he talked about New York. That's where he got that from. He's like, right, somewhere yeah. in the New York area, yeah, right? That's for like, sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, now, drum roll, the third most favourite segment of the podcast. Third? What, what's, more, what's more important than this? Any two. <laughs> Film school for F-wits. Take it yeah. away, Dan. 
Thank you. Yes, fellow Hit us, Dan. Fellow F-wits, uh, great to give you a bit of learned time again. So I, I mentioned it a couple of times, and Whitey's mentioned it a couple of times, but I think what, what really stood out to me on this viewing was the production design and the costume design, which are two categories in the Academy Awards, and this film was not nominated in either, which I went back and looked into and thought was a travesty. So I just thought we'd, we'd take a look at, the last 20 years of films that were nominated in both categories. And I'll go through them really quickly, but just to see if there's any correlation between uh, uh, overlooked films, I guess, that maybe they get, it's a bit like Gao when he used to get the best Clubman award or the, the best trier <laughs> award. Like is uh, best, fielder. Yeah, best, best fielder, best fielder under 13s. Is, is this, are these categories for films that maybe don't break into the, don't, don't get into the best picture and uh, the best director and the best uh, actor and actress categories so let's we'll start with best costume so i'm just gonna i'll start in 2002 that's because this is when this uh, this film was released so first up we'll talk about best costume and uh we've we already mentioned a couple of these on so chicago actually won it for uh best costume which i i mean you guys have seen chicago yeah absolutely yeah, i i mean the, the costumes are fine but it's not I, I don't think that's a musical film like i don't i don't know that it's better than uh, Catch Me If You Can. Gangs of New York was nominated, The Hours, The Penis, Frida. So, yeah, look, Gangs of New York, I think, again, was, uh, and Scorsese was able to really put us into a world that we'd never seen before in the 1800s New York that uh, Leo DiCaprio also starred in, in this year. So, yeah, look, I don't know. The next year, 2003, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, sure, costumes were amazing. Won everything. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, that Return of the King won everything. Uh, Last Samurai also featured well, which I think was, well, it's a, it's a bit of a, um, a so-so film. Definitely the, the costumes were great. A couple of uh, weird ones, though. Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, and Girl with a Pearl Earring were also nominated, as was Seabiscuit. So, uh, again, probably films that didn't feature in uh, any of the bigger categories, but were able to take us back and, and, and build a world out of production. Design. Have you what, have you Have you watched... Master and Commander? A long time ago. It'd be under a rover one, I reckon, would be for that film. What do you what do you think about it? Yeah, I've seen a couple of, it's very, very good. Russell Crowe's amazing. Yeah. Paul Bettany's great. It's very, very good. Directed by Peter Weir, the Aussie yeah, director. Yeah, Aussie director, uh, incredible Aussie director. So the, the best thing the best thing that I found about Master and Commander is the family guy ripoff of it where they do their segment. And it's and it's called Masturbator and Commander. And there's one of the sailors knocking on the captain's uh, chambers, knocking, knocking. He's going, don't come in. Don't come in. Don't come in. Don't come in. <laughs> and when I, when I, I, I will try and post that uh, oh, in the show do. notes. Or, or, mate, I, I cried when I saw it. Oh, Masturbator and Commander. Family guy. I mean, the, the Star Wars, their interpretations are fantastic. amazing. It's a, you you amazing. Did never get let down when you watch that. But well, Seth yeah. MacFarlane is just oh, incredible. Absolutely. True uh, genius. I'll keep going because there's heaps and I might cut it because there's yep. a lot of years, obviously. But 2004, The Aviator won for Best Costume, so deservedly so. Uh, Troy was also nominated, which um, obviously Sandals and... Uh, and gladiators is is always felt all periods, yeah, all period all, pieces. Period yeah. pieces are always put in. Two thousand five, one of Gauss' favourites, uh, Memoirs of a Geisha. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure Definitely. that he revisited that all the time. Two thousand six is where it, like Marie Antoinette. So this is a film that is is never going to feature 
in in the mainstream. No, so it, it's you start to it's a proven point. Two thousand seven, Elizabeth, the golden age again. I feel just just on just one second. Do you know that for uh, Marie Antoinette, they actually filmed in Versailles. Is that like right? On they actually filmed in Versailles, wow. which is fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the anyway, queen, it's shit the queen free. We'll never the, watch it. The Queen was also nominated, and again, I mean, great flick, Helen Mirren. But yeah, incredible. Yeah, look, um, so there's definitely a bit of a, um, a, a, a certainly a nod to films. Now, 2008, Australia. Catherine Martin, who is incredible and does all of Baz Luhrmann's uh, costume design and has won uh, several Academy Awards herself, was nominated. But Australia is such a shit film. The fact that yeah. that was nominated for an Academy Award in this category and Catch Me If You Can wasn't just says that uh, it, it was a, a shit year in 2008. Uh, Revolutionary Road also nominated their great film, but The Duchess what won it. Um, 2009, I would give you $5 million if you can pick who won Best Costume in 2009. It was The Young Victoria, which I've never fucking heard oh, of. Oh, that's got, uh, it's got Kira Knightley in it, I think. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, Coco before Chanel, Bright Star, The Imaginarium of Dr. Banassas. Like, really? Um, in, in fact, I'm gonna, I'll cut it there. Let's go to Best Production Design because it was probably more production design that stood out for me with this film. So, again, starting in 2002, Chicago also took this out. So, yeah, I mean, again, Chicago is a great film, an enjoyable film and, and certainly one of the few musicals that I think the three of us could watch and enjoy. But way better than Catch Me If You Can to the point that it wouldn't get nominated? No, fuck that. So no. uh, all of the same films were nominated. Freed Against in New York, The Lord of the Rings 2000, Road of Edition. So, yeah, look, it, it, and they do tend to align quite often, the uh, the films in these categories. So 2003 was the, the other, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King one, but the same films nominated, Girl with the Pearl Earring, The Last Samurai, Mask of the Matter and, and Seabiscuit. So... It, it could literally be um, the, the same category. So uh, 2004, the film I have not seen, but you guys said was worth a look. The Aviator took out Best Productions Design. I can imagine that that would be, um, that would be a great world that they created, Finding Neverland. Uh, the Phantom of the Opera was in there as well and a very long engagement. So, yeah, it's, it's good to see categories where there's certainly no Marvel discussion. Um, Pan's Labyrinth in 2006, Memories of a Geisha pops up again. Interesting, 2007, Sweeney Todd, the demon bar oh, right. Fleet Street. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, like a film that wouldn't, uh, Tim Burton, that you, you just wouldn't yeah. see feature in any other category and probably 100 people on earth have seen it, but uh, is able to take yeah. out the Academy Award. American Gangster, good film, nominated that year, but uh, 2008, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, and then Avatar, of course, in 2009, which um, was heavily awarded that year. So I won't go on any further, but it's just interesting the style of film that often feature in these categories. But uh, I think on review, it, it's, a, it's a real travesty that Catch Me If You Can didn't, uh, didn't feature in either. Now, it seems to just be in that, uh, I guess, middle ground where it's not, Modern, but it's not no, not a commercial success. But yeah, but it, that's it. Oh, sorry, with Catch Me If Can, yeah, it's not. Whilst it is, uh, it's not. You couldn't call it a period piece. It's only a yeah. couple of decades past. But um, I think what they were able to achieve is, is just brilliant. So yeah, real shame. Nice work, Morg. Good wrap up of costume design. He's yeah, different Mate, one. Uh, very. What, I think a few F-wits may have hit the 15-second forward in that one. But, uh, yeah, look, it's interesting because of how strong 
the uh, the production design and costumes were for Catch Me If You Can. Mate, um, good stuff from a bloke that spent most of his formative years in sneakers and slacks. <laughs> come a long way. Uh, this Mate, he dresses good. pretty. He dresses pretty well now, though. <laughs> Yeah, he's on the land. You don't have to. Well, I'm, I'm hoping to get a call up for um, Farmer to Wife, so I definitely try and try, duck. try and uh, yeah, strut my stuff when I when I head into the big smoke of the local township. To are you up. are you the Wait, farmer or the wife? You might yeah, you might get on. <laughs> farmer wants a fuckwit. It's a new bit. Yeah. It's a new Mate, you might more, you might get on for Farmer wants a beer. <laughs> Or, or farmer needs some calves. <laughs> All, I'm, I'm writing these down. I'm going to pitch them to Channel uh, Nine. So. Good on, thank you. Well done. Okay, so it's a double shot, Dan, coming up, and here's without a doubt our favourite segment of the show: Stan Bush kick-ass credit song, and Dan is on the stage tonight. Yes. Uh, tell, us, tell us a bit about it. It's well, I actually cheated this week because I don't know, one of the things we didn't talk about in Listen to This was that Catch Me If You Can was actually turned into a musical back in 2011. So they beat us to the punch in creating a lot of songs for the uh, for the film. So in I'll just go through a few of them. So in Act 1, we have The Pinstripes Are All That They See by Frank Senior, Frank Junior and the Ladies. Someone Else's Skin by Frank Jr. and Company, Jet Set by Frank Jr. and Company, uh, Living in Colour by Frank Jr. and Ensemble, Don't Break the Rules by Carl Hanratty and the Ensemble, The Pinstripes Are All That They See, it's a reprise by the Ensemble. So it goes on and on and on. But in Act 2, the conclusion is actually after Strange But True, which is the final song, there was an unreleased track that didn't make it into the musical but has appeared on the line. And, and that's the one that I wanted to bring to life tonight. So it, it actually didn't feature in the musical, but it's called Heaps of Flange. And it was about... <laughs> it was about... Really about Leo DiCaprio, but it was it was what an alternate life to Frank Abagnale Jr. It was life if, imitating art. It was if 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 Frank Abagnale Jr. had chosen the path that you suggested, Whitey, and didn't didn't try and marry Brenda and just went and cut sick around the world, he would have uh, taken down heaps of flange. And so that's what it is: heaps of flange uh, from the Catch Me If You Can musical, but never performed by the ensemble. The B sides. The B sides. The B sides. So here we go: heaps of flange. In, of course, the, the style of uh, Stan Bush. So uh, yeah, here we course. go. Heaps of flange. He's taken down. Heaps of flange. Pussy, pussy in town. Heaps of flange. He wears a mighty crown. Heaps of flange. He'll never let us down. He's been cutting a swathe through Hollywood for years. He's concerned about age. 25 is to fear. All of them solid tens. He simply will not engage. His favorite bird is a wren. Seven, eights, and nines cause him rage. Heaps of flange. Giselle and Blake Lively. Heaps of flange. Bar Raffaelli, Claire Danes, and Helena Christensen. Heaps of flange. Liv Tyler, Naomi Campbell, too. Heaps of flange. Eva Herzegova, Gigi Hadid, and maybe, just maybe, you. Heaps of flange, Leo. Heaps of flange. Oh, my God. Seven, eights, and nines. <laughs> Give him rage. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Mate, was that, that did, did that did that morph into Aerosmith in there a little bit? Oh, it sounded I like lost, eat the rich. I lost it sounded my, like I, eat the rich. Yeah, eat I lost the, my lost my phrasing. I was laughing too hard on the inside. At, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, there we go. Oh, yeah. Well done, Dan. Solid. The, the Solid effort. The lost song from the Catch Me If You Can musical. Heaps of flange. There we go. Uh, Stan Bush kick us credits off. Well done, Dan. Catch Me If You Can. The lost tapes will be coming soon to a. Sandy's records near you. Oh my god, far out. Seven, eights, nines give him rage. That song's gonna be stuck in my head. Heaps of flange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had what the only the uh, only line I struggled with was I couldn't find anything to rhyme with ten. So his favourite bird is a wren is a bit of a cop out. <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyway. Fuck. All right. Well done, Dan. Very good. We, I tell you what, we had a little hiatus there for a few weeks, and we've come back with three bangers. And uh, next week for our Christmas spectacular, I think Gow's on the block for Love Actually. There's a but, film that's crying out for a bit of Stan Bush. Yeah, there, there's a lot of Stan Bush in that movie. There is. Yeah. There's a lot there. I can't wait to see um, Love Actually to You've Got a Mullet. <laughs> we might change the tune up this week. You know, I don't like to keep things as they are. I don't like the status quo. I think you do. Uh, maybe. Mm. We'll see how we go. All right. Star of the show. Uh, we're going to start with you up there on the land, Dan. We'll make it a triple shot. Take it away. Who do you think you've MVP for? Catch me if you can. Yeah, look, I know, obvious choice, but uh, or maybe not obvious choice, but uh, Leo DiCaprio, I think what really sold it for me was just his ability to play the different ages and have the charisma of playing older, but just be so believable as a 16-year-old as well. He, he's excellent in this. I don't think the film happens with another actor. Uh, I, can't, I can't see this whilst the other parts, you can definitely swap in and out. Some uh, uh, some other actors to, to make it work, but without Leo, this film doesn't sing like it does. And uh, yeah, he's he's my MVP. Okay, Gal, what about you? What Morg said. Okay, yeah, Leo. that's it. Yep, I hit everything on the head that I would have said. So, yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree. Um, Leo gets the nod for me, and it's just him being able to do 16 and and just the range that he shows. He's he's I, I don't know who else can do it. I don't know who else could have done that. He's amazing in this movie. Look, Steven Spielberg's a very close second. Of course, and, and the, the, the film as a whole is uh, is great what Spielberg's able to achieve. But, yeah, Leo just gets a point. Okay, so there it is. It's Leo. It's straight across the boards. Uh, now we're going to move into the Rank Bank, and I've got a few things that we can rate him as. So here they are. I'd love to get a bit of feedback here. So Milked. <laughs> Milk Drowned Mouse is the first one. Butter Churning Mouse is the second one. Fairweather Wives. Deadheads. Jump Seats. Best Dates Ever. Or Failed Model Hookers. Thoughts? Good anything you can add to them? It was not an easy one this week. I think it's got to be the mouse. I think it's got to be the, uh, the butter churning mouse. Butter churning, butter churning. I, I like deadheads, but so you know, you can make the casting decision here, Whitey. Wow, you can go okay. with butter churning mouse. I'm happy with that. Let's go butter churning mouse because it's the best quote in the movie. Yep. I do like deadheads, but I think butter churning mouse is a good one. Okay, so Dan, we're going to start with you up there on the land. How many butter churning mice 
are you going to give Catch Me If You Can? Yeah, I am going to give it three and a half, uh, Butter Churning Mouse. So that's actually under the masses and the IMDb. It's, I'm going to Marie Kondo this one as well. It's, uh, it's, it's a final watch for me. Thank you for the pleasure you've given me, Mr. Spielberg and Mr. DiCaprio. But, yeah, I, I, on the watch, I kind of, once you've seen it a couple of times, I kind of went, oh, yeah, I get it. Um, definitely blown away by the technical skill involved, as we've spoken about with the production design, the costume design. But I, uh, I'm, I'm going to take this one and, and put it in that little nice place inside my heart and say thank you, boys uh, and girls. Excellent, but Marie Kondo'd and, uh, and thrown out and won't need to revisit again. Three and a half butter-churning mice for me. What about you, G-Man? What do you got? I'm giving it three BCMs. Um, <laughs> nice. I, yeah, I watched it again. Look, I liked it the first time from memory. This time around, I thought it was, I thought it was a good movie. It's long. Even the opening credits are long. Um, and I, d- I don't think it hit any real heights. So I'm with Morgs. It's not something I'm going to watch again. I've, I've watched it this time and thought, that's it. You know, sayonara. So, yeah, three for me. Okay, so I am going to give Catch Me If You Can 3.75 Butter Churning Mice. I, I do really love this movie, but actually, and you're going to hear this for the first time in, in Born to Watch history is that I am going to put this one aside. I don't think I need to watch this one again. Wow. I watched it with my family. I was good that I was able to introduce it to Isabel and to Luke, even though Luke made about 45 minutes into it. But Isabel watched the whole thing. Josh loved it. I watched it with Josh. He loved it. Yeah. I think, and so did Isabel, actually. So 3.75 for me, and it goes up on the shelf and will only be watched at a pinch. So where does that put Catch Me If You Can in... The Pantheon of okay. films in the rank bank. That brings us in at 3.42 Butter Churning Mice. That's one below the raid at 3.50 Fridge Bombs and just above Backdraft at 3.33 Trick to Chloride Cans. So that is in 23rd position, 23rd spot, which to me is good. I, I'm happy with it down there. I'm not sure if I like it better than Backdraft, but yeah. anyway, that's where it sits, 23rd position out of... 29. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I'm I would watch Tremors, The Lost Boys, Bloodsport yep. again. I'm not sure I'm going to watch Catch Me If You Can again. So, but that's what we're here for. We're here to hang it yep. all out there. That's right. I'd watch Roadhouse again. Roadhouse is down there. Yeah, I'd probably the, watch Roadhouse bottom. again. I'd probably watch Roadhouse again. Okay, so in in number 23 spot down the bottom uh third of the rank bank for Catch Me If You Can. What are we watching, boys? Uh, Gao, have you had any chance? I know you've been very, very busy. The no, last I few have. Weeks. I have. I'm, I'm right back into Yellowstone. Watched an episode last Love night. It. I'm up to date with Yellowstone. Cracking story again. Love that show. Um, also finished this week the first season of Mystery Road, which is a right, really yeah. good Aussie, what do you call it? Mystery, oh, yeah. mystery yeah. drama. Oh, yeah. That's, that's oh. great. Yeah, really, really enjoyed oh, it. Oh, it's mm. awesome. Well, Aaron Peterson reprises his role from the, from the movie. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen the movie. Yeah, yeah. but 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 Tasma Walton, yeah. um, good Aussie show, Frielsey, Frielsey, yeah. Judy Davis, yeah. good Aussie cast, and and a, and what six episodes? But Aaron it just Peterson it just keeps ticking is over. A national treasure. He is awesome. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, he's really good in this. He he just sort of plays that that good brooding character. Oh, he's so fantastic. yeah, I really love that. Really, I'm gonna start watching the Jack Irish stuff as well. Yeah. He's really good in that. Have you guys watched Mystery Road 2, the second season? I have, yeah. No, really, I haven't. I really oh, you have? Is it good? Yeah. Excellent. Okay, Excellent. I'm, gonna, I'm into that this week. And there's Judy a, Davis there's, is great too. There's a prequel as well that's uh, just come out recently. I've seen yes. it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also very good. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I'll watch season two and then go to the prequel. But uh, yeah, I look, yeah, Judy Davis really good in it too. There's some really good acting in this. Yeah, excellent. What about you, um, Morgs? What do you got? Yeah, I, I blew my load a little early on this, but Finch's uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo was, I thought, excellent and couldn't believe I missed it the first Well, I can believe it because I watched all the Swedish ones and didn't didn't really think about how different it could be. But yeah, his is, uh, his is great. Okay, for me, I, and we, I mentioned it a bit earlier and the reason that I was, I, I wouldn't know anyway, I've seen it about 22 times, but Band of Brothers was on Foxtel. Ah. On its box office, on its box office channel, and it just plays over and over for a day, and I reckon I watched eighty <laughs> percent of of the whole series <laughs> uh, over 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 a twenty four hour period. Yeah. It is just incredible. Yeah, I could, I could watch it. It is amazing. Week. Yeah, yeah really it's it, it it's one of those ones. It doesn't matter what episode you come in on. Yeah, it is so good, and yeah. a lot of guys have gone on to great things since yep. that. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, I think season two came on the other day on TV, yeah. and I just started watching it. Picked it up from where it is. Yeah, know? the Pacific isn't quite as good as the original Band of Brothers, the Paci- because obviously there's the romance of World War yeah. Two and and the European um, invasion and, yeah. and and all that. I think the fighting over a lava field in the Pacific probably isn't as romantic. I, as I don't watch the Pacific. I don't know. If it's worth yeah, but God, that I was tell shot, you what, shot yeah. in Australia. The Pacific. The Pacific was shot. Was yeah, okay. they're actually doing another one about the um, the the flying fortresses, about the the bombers. Um, oh, yeah. the, the third one was Spielberg and Hanks. Memphis Belle. So very very good. If you've not if you've not seen Band of Brothers, it's a must see. Absolute, the best. Okay, that's it from about, from us here. Look out! Look out! Uh, well, yeah, we just got the standard ones. We're in the we're in the talks for the moment with uh with a podcast in the states about a, a possible. Uh, collab uh, with them uh, they're very they they have a podcast more you're gonna love this it's mm-hmm. called mcu's bleeding edge and they do a lot of mcu stuff and oh, they'd be that. very interested to get your oh, thoughts get, on some of it get into it more do your research yeah and and hear what you think i said well one of one of my guys one of the hosts of the show he hates mcu thinks it's destroying planet earth a one movie at a time and he goes well we need to talk to him <laughs> so <laughs> So yeah. he's he's re, he reached out this week. So we're, we're just starting some very uh, initial discussions, and something in twenty twenty three might happen there. And we've got a uh, of of course the the same stuff. Uh, Johnny Bull is just loving stuff. He's he's going ahead and and actually watching movies that aren't in the rotation and just making suggestions to us, all of which have been duly ignored. And uh, we'll just stick to what we do. But thank you, Johnny Bull. We, we do love you very much. I like I like reviews just mostly about me. Yeah, look, you you haven't had much. You haven't had much of late. And and look, that must mean that we're doing something right. Right. And but I'm sure the purple. She look. She still holds a candle. Is anybody yeah. reviewing our songs? There's some comedy gold in there. Oh, mate. Well, the, yeah, there is. People love the songs. There's a lot of mention about whenever we get a message. It's always that love the song this week. Yeah, everyone loves what we're doing. Like it's should we go on the nine people? Should we go on Patreon or OnlyFans and make them make people pay for this shit or what? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Looking to it, Morgs. Well, yeah. OnlyFans is is an absolute. I think there's an opportunity uh, over the new year for you for those of you that don't know the, the Born to Watch team are getting together up at the up at the farm, up on the Sunshine Coast over over the new year period, and there's a real opportunity in Morgs's Olympic sized swimming pool to get maybe some arty nudes that we might be able to sell on OnlyFans uh, or take some photos of our feet and get them up onto uh, Feet Finder or InstaFeet. <laughs> uh, there's, uh, there's, uh, we, uh, 
<laughs> we're, we're def- I'm definitely looking at some ways we can we can monetize the show so that we can reinvest and and bring a bigger and better show to you guys in 2023. But we're getting a little bit off the uh, off the rails. It's gonna be a cracker. Th- there. It could I be like I thought you had a you, you teased me with a blast from the past lick out that you said you were going to. Yeah, that was a, that was a complete lie because I knew you were really excited about that. Uh, <laughs> I know. You have been waiting. You have been waiting the whole show. podcast. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. It's what they call a tease in the industry. That's what kept him going the whole yeah, way. That's why yeah. he's still here. That's why he actually he didn't have twelve beers tonight so that he could be compass oh, mentis when I pushed back. He pushed back dinner earlier. He was like, "No, no, yeah, I'm yeah, waiting. No. I'm waiting for the lickouts. Like, no, stay away. Stay away. It's either going to be Christmas. Christmas presents." <laughs> the crossover or whatever it is. Uh, okay, so we are one into our triumvirate of Christmas movies and our Christmas special Christmas party that we're going to be having for Born to Watch after Morg stops typing. And we're going to have a guest in the panic room with us, a uh, special guest. Damo Giles is going to be joining us oh, for our back, Christmas Jano. extravaganza. Uh, I messaged him and, and I said, mate, we're going to be doing Love Actually. So we're killing a few birds with one stone here. Uh, it's a Christmas, bit of a female, Christmas movie, yeah. brilliant Christmas movie, female friendly. The, the ladies love it. The ladies will love it, and it should really expand our listener base uh, tenfold. Uh, I think we ten, can have a few uh, a few special guests in the next few weeks. We are the Christmas period. We've got we've got a couple lined up while we're up at uh, up on the land. Ooh. We're actually going to to the sunny coast land owner. Himself and he'll be joining us for a, for right. a Arnie Fest. Sunny Payne. Uh, we'll, we'll also have a, a, a very highly decorated friend of ours. Swan We'll be doing a movie. Exactly. And we'll be doing a movie which allies with him very closely. Fantastic. But next week, it's Love Actually as our Christmas party. We shall be in Christmas garb. We might all have Santa hats on. I'm sure that Dan would love to wear a Santa hat. And we'll have Damo with us in the panic room. So. Start your research. Love actually. Can't wait to hear gals. Love actually, you got a mullet. Surely it's something around uh, you know, love is divine with Hugh Grant around Divine Brown. It's gotta be he's she's gotta be in there somewhere. Yeah, that that's good. I hadn't thought about that mm. yet. I haven't got too far into this. Because you know, we can't put too much in this song. It's gotta be off the cuff. Yeah. I know you do a lot. I know you put a lot into a gal. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know you do. But anyway, from us, it's uh, bye for now. See you, everybody. See you next week. Heaps of flange. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, Give us a five-star review and share with your friends.